Hey guys, it's me, Alex. Tonight I had on the show the man, the myth, the legend, Gene Gregoritz. Gregoritz? God damn it. You're going to hear me mispronounce his name a whole bunch of times. And I maybe did it right there on purpose, just a little bit. You can find his stuff at Montresel Books. Um, it's Montresel.com, or just search for his name on the uh, Amazon. I also have links to it in the show notes. Please go to facebook.com slash thestandardpdx. That is the uh, bar that sponsors my show. I love that place. That place loves me, debatably. But they do sponsor the show, and uh, I would very much like you to go there. Click like if you're on the webpage. Buy stuff if you're in the real life, that being 14 Northeast 22nd in Northeast Portland. Yes, these are things that I'm saying to you. Hooray, huzzah, etc., etc. Also, Please go to alexcast.com and click stuff while you're there. Uh, there's a PayPal link if you want to donate. I want to build new stuff for the studio, so feel free to do that if you are a person of means. If you are not, please click the Amazon link if you're going to buy stuff on Amazon. So if you're like, hey, I'm going to buy some Christmas presents at Amazon, click the Amazon ad on alexcast.com first. I get a very small percentage of your purchase, and you don't have to pay a red cent extra. These are the ads that I am saying. Yay. Okay. Uh, please enjoy the show. I've been Alex, and this is about to be the Alex cast. Maybe I'll just take you to the pool. That won't work. And if that's closer to the Wi-Fi router, sure. Yeah, let's go to the pool. Let's go swimming. Oh. All right, so well, while you're walking, everybody uh, on the line that's listening, I'm talking to Gene, uh, Greg, oh, God, I did it again. Sorry, Greg. It's uh, Gregoritz. Thank you. Dude, I know how to say it, but I just read that page in your book where you talk about the guy mispronouncing it. And then I got it in my fucking head. I was gonna say it wrong, and now I got it all fucked up. <laughs> oh, oh, that's all right. No, that's fine. I get it wrong sometimes too. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I just read. Uh, I was reading that section of uh, of the new book you sent me today, and then uh-huh. yeah, I just got it in my head. And I was like, oh, I never should have read that. I know I'm gonna fuck it up when I try to talk to him. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm gonna get comfortable here. It's a little chilly out. Let me take this stupid thing off here. Mm, I can negotiate my surroundings better this way. Um, uh, this will work as long as none of the other guests here have a problem with it. I don't think it's past curfew or past the uh, what do you call it the uh, the cutoff time for the pool. So, cool. all right, here we go. Uh, yeah, it sounds good. Um, so you you're at what a hotel right now? I am. Yes. Oh. So, uh, am I bothering you? Okay. So, so go on. Uh, well, yeah, I, I guess we catch catch people up. All right, so we're talking to, we're talking to Gene again. Uh, we had him on seven months ago, as uh, as you pointed out. Mm. Um, uh, writer. Um, last time he was on was getting. Uh, oh, that's what we can ask you. What happened? Did you ever get out to the kid? 
Never met my kid. Uh, it was a public funding campaign. I think I only raised about half the budget. So. Oh, okay. Um, I'm still trying. You know, it's just it's a mess. Uh, uh, this is hard. Isn't hard enough for um, a sub publisher right now. Uh, you know, you uh, you factor that in with uh, all the controversy I've fallen into the last uh, four four months or whatever it's been. You know, it's it, things are tough. They were tough before. They're tougher now. And and all I do when things get tough is just. Uh, Amp up the production schedule. Put out more books. You know, <laughs> I have to. Um, yeah. So in a way, it's good. It forces me to be more productive, um, and I'm grateful for that. Uh, you know, I'm in Miami now, and I'm you know I'm happy here under under the circumstances. I mean, it could be a lot worse. And my, I've got a really really great home for for my cat. I think he's actually happier there. He's with a, a few other cats and a, a good friend of mine who's taking real good care of him. And uh, I'm working on Intracoastal too. I'm still working off of that, that jailhouse manuscript that the first one came from. I have another 20 pages left from that. So transcribing that and writing new material, and then there's the new magazine. Those are the two things I'm working on right now. But I have a list of projects of you know uh, about a, about two feet long, <laughs> uh, so I'm not going to run out of things to do. I'm just trying to get as much done right now as possible in case. I mean, you know, I've got friends all over the country. I just I can't leave the state of Florida right now. So whatever I do it has to be done here. And that, yeah. that makes some interesting um, complications, you know. But you know, they'll make a great movie out of my life one of these days, I guess. <laughs> All right. So, what's the? Where can they get the book? The the first part of the new one. Oh, uh, well, interest on Amazon, and uh, quicker for my orders are, are always staggered. You know, that's not really in that sense. Story hasn't changed at all. It's always a fight to get the books out. So, people want to get it right away. They can get it from. Um, Amazon, and if they want it, uh, they don't mind waiting a few weeks, and then they can order it for me and get a signed copy with little, you know, doodles and whatever I do, little drawings. <clears throat> and um, cool. yeah, that's a short book. I think it's good. It's the Intracoastal. It sets up the uh, the kind of white trash epic that I had, you know, uh, I've been I've been envisioning for a couple of years now. And it, the first book is just introducing the. Uh, the locations and the people, and you know, it's not a book where a whole lot happens. I think it's a very funny book, and I just haven't had a chance to get into the real, you know, the real uh, naughty stuff yet. But I'm looking forward to that. And, and uh, by the, you know, if I'm not in trouble now, I'm sure the books will get me in trouble, so it doesn't really matter. You know? Yeah. Well, you have the thing in the in the front saying this is a work of fiction, so you know, you're good. Mm. I think that yeah. gets you out of line. Well, I mean, it is make it up. You know. Yeah. But <laughs> this is yeah, stupid. Let me get rid of this. Yeah. That's no, fine. You know, it's you're looking. Uh, now you look more familiar. Under the, yeah. under the circumstances, you know, <laughs> yeah. things could be worse. So. Um, I'm drinking Nicaragua. You know, you don't. Um, this uh, beer is called Tanya. It's yeah. a light uh, a Nicaraguan lager. It's really, really tasty. I highly recommend it. Oh, I didn't even know Nicaragua had beers. So, hell yeah. But yeah, it's freezing out here tonight. Um, that cold front they've been talking about—it hit us, I think, a day or two late, but it's finally here, and it's gonna be a little cold for uh, for swimming the next yeah. couple of days. Mm -hmm. Well, so last we called you, you're doing the fundraiser, didn't work out, and uh, writing the books, putting out uh, uh, Intracoastal, first part out, you can find it on Amazon. So, well, uh, well, that's all the that stuff. So. I guess I guess the main question is uh, well so what happened? <laughs> now I've read the mm -hmm. I read I read the uh, well I didn't read the police report but I read the write up. Um, 
Well, I mean, never really had a chance to go on the record, and there's, obviously okay. there's not a lot I can say. I, you know, I was I was uh, in my yard one night, and a, uh, a woman approached me with a neighbor of mine, and um, uh, this was a, a young woman I, I took to be 24, and she's asking questions and you know, a lot of inappropriate questions, and uh, I told, told her I was a writer. She asked me what I did. I told her uh, I was a writer, and she wanted a copy of, uh, of one of my books. And I gave her the uh, most recent one at that time, I think, was Do You Love Me? So she went off that night. She was looking for various things, which I did not have. And uh, she uh, started calling me and messaging me, you know, somewhat incessantly. And, you know, I was just, I was in the middle of uh, putting in trip. No, what was I putting together? Um, I think I was editing uh, the anthology of my work. It's um, called uh, The Portable Gene Gregor. It's in it. I just, you know, I I just been working on that, from, you know, from morning till night. I think three or four days in a row, my nerves were kind of shot. I was drinking way too much, and you know, she kept uh, calling, coming by. And the third night, she came by, and um, you know, then uh, you know, we had a uh, we had spent some time together, and then the next day, uh, I got arrested. So that's about as much as I can say right now. I have a a, a good criminal attorney who's working on this. He's advised me not to really talk about it. So. Just have to leave it at that for uh, for right now. Okay. Yeah. All right. So uh, I'll I'll catch the audience up on this. Is all allegedly and according to a newspaper article I read, which Gene is not agreeing with, disagreeing with, or even acknowledging that I'm talking about him. But the uh, the newspaper article states that the young lady may not have been uh, age appropriate for a man of Gene's age. Um, and yeah. uh, the article also stated that your neighbors were none too pleased about. Uh, about this, that's, that's not true. Um, nah, that's not even true. I mean, it's a lot of people there are transients. People are moving in and out all the time from all these little cottages. But most of the neighborhood, I was on excellent terms with my neighbors. Pretty much everybody that uh, uh, that was living on that block, at least half of them, I, I think, uh, I was I was friends. I was very friendly with the people that worked at the taco stand at the end of the street. Nobody really had anything bad to say about me. Everyone thinks I'm nuts, you know, but, you know, these were my friends who I... These are my friends who I, uh, you know, I drank with every night, you know, spent time with, uh, went to the beach with, and, you know, I went back. When I got out of jail, everybody was happy to, to see me, and they were all so apologetic, and they told me that they had tried to uh, call the police and, and, and defend me, and the police, you know, were just uh, dismissive of of anything positive uh, said about me, and I'm sure they still are. I mean, you know, there have been some visits over, I don't know, a noise complaint or various things. I had a young woman there who got a DUI and then went fugitive, so they were looking for her and thinking that I, I think they, they probably thought I was, I was harboring her, which I was not doing. But, yeah, I think it's fair to say that, that the police were uh, really uh, uh, quite, uh, they were uh, dedicated to, the, to uh, getting me off that beach. And um, plus I'm writing, I was writing that book, Intracoastal, which had been well publicized as a, a kind of uh, uh, warts and all account of the, the beach as a play, uh, as a criminal environment, which you know to some extent is exaggerated. They they cleaned up the the part of the beach that I wrote the book about, and I'm writing the book about uh, St. Pete Beach. Now I was living about six, six miles north um, up the coast in um, in Madeira Beach, uh, but yeah, there's been a a, a very uh, strong effort over the last couple of years to just rid the beach of, of homeless people and uh, people that are too loud, uh, you know, the undesirables. And I'm sure that I 
stuck out like a sore thumb. It, it wouldn't have mattered how much money I had or how good a job I had or whatever. I was just, you know, the fact that I'm a public person and I glorify, uh, you know, a lot of antisocial uh, behavior. You, you know, you put the put the you know, pieces together, do the math. I mean, it was uh, it was uh, it was a mission to get rid of me. So you're, uh, yeah. so you're you're thinking you were railroaded, uh, essentially. Though. I was. Really uh -huh. And so are you out? I mean, I know you can't talk about detail, but like, are are you out of that house? Like, are you? Oh yeah, I'm in Miami now. I mean, that house. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I lost my job. I had kind of given up on this promotion, this donkey cart uh, concept of uh, pushing the books on my own, and. Uh, you know, because it was just, it was, I, I was not getting any writing done. All my time went into, you know, making new ad designs, uh, new, you know, gimmicks and tricks and just basically hustling to get the books out. And hustling is uh, is going to ruin your morale. It's going to ruin your brain. I mean, you know, you, if, you're, if you're a writer and you're not able to write and you're doing something that you didn't really want to do uh, in the first place, uh, being a, a PR guy and being an an agent and being a publisher and all the different facets of that, none of which have anything to do with the uh, the writing itself. Yeah, I was getting pretty uh, worn out, embittered. Uh, I was, you know, I was just not a happy guy at all. So I decided just fuck it. As a matter of fact, I, I just get I get rid of all of my friends on Facebook. I mean, I I said I'll just work uh, as much as possible and um, and I'll still that'll I'll save time if I work 30 hours a week. Uh, I'll have you know another 30 or 40 hours a week to write. Whereas if I'm I'm trying to not work, you know there's 80, 100, you know. Uh, no, we're talking about about at least 15, 20 hours a day. Uh, I was sleeping only four hours a day. That's all all that time, you know, just trying to figure out how to get more copies out there. It's just a miserable life, you know. It's a miserable trap to be in if you're uh, if you're really committed to uh, working your craft and developing your language. And, Telling good stories, you know, it's heartbreaking, really. You know? Yeah. So right now you're you're doing what? Just focusing on straight writing at this moment in Miami? Yeah, and I, you know, I'm I was doing day labor for a, a long time. I'm probably gonna have to get back into that. You know, I mean, I'm the kind of person I'll just do whatever I have to do. And I mean, I have um, this whole legal thing, which uh, could have very grim uh, consequences for me. And I'm, I'm very aware of that, which it means all the more reason for me to be sharp and efficient. Um, and uh, you know, I just I have to be. Uh, I want to I want to write as, as quickly as I can without uh, throwing out something you know that uh, I don't approve of or that I'm not proud of. I mean, I, I I'm not going to have all the time in the world to, to edit. You know, the, the books have uh, some editorial issues, but I'm doing the best I can. You know, it's uh, you know. It's hellish, but it's better than I think. It's a better hell than the one that I was in before. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I think at least it's a hell of your own choosing. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, I think I kind of knew that I was uh, throwing myself pretty much uh, down a garbage disposal, and um, that's what happens. I mean, my cat had been hit by a car, and uh, that required me to become. Pretty much a, uh, overnight, I had to become a veterinarian, and we might have covered this. Uh, we think, yeah, we did cover this in the last interview, um, you know. And and all of a sudden, it's like, you know, enemas and uh, IV uh, sessions with the cat and painkillers and all this stuff. It was grim. I mean, he was he was supposed to die, and I just wouldn't let it. I wouldn't let him die. But by the time he was starting to get well again, I had completely obliterated whatever you know uh, 
composure that I had left. So my behavior was getting worse, and I was losing my grip, you know. Um, I'm uh, definitely uh, psychologically a lot healthier now, you know, believe it or not. And you'd think it would have gotten worse through this, but again, the wor you know, the, really the worst thing for me is to uh, have all my writing around me, like all the ability right there to do it, and none of the time. And, and you know, in a way, it's like I am kind of better off in jail if that's what it comes down to, because I will write in jail. You know, I have nothing else to do. And, and uh, you know, maybe maybe the 25 days I spend in there was uh, very uh, restorative and therapeutic for me. You know, I wrote the book in jail. I mean, I'd had 30 or so pages of Intercoastal, but I got to do another another 60 or whatever, 70 pages, and put out. Uh, a, a small volume of you know the, the you know the first uh, installment of, of Intracostal, so you know that that was good. Of course, I was worried sick about my cat the whole time. Uh, my my uh, roommate Gary was taking care of him, but you know you never really know what's going on there with uh, a loved one, whether it be a cat or a child or your lover. I mean, you're really not there, and then you just you're constantly thinking the worst. And the only way for me to keep my mind off of it, just like when I wrote. Um, Dog days too in the mental hospital. I just had to stay busy, and that's that's what I did. I mean, it's not ideal, but if, if it's the only way that I can get it done, then like I guess I have to welcome it. You know? Yeah. No, I mean, again, you know, not for details, but do you do you suspect that you're going to be doing some more time for this, or you you got high hopes? No, I have no idea. Um, we're in the first couple of innings. Um, and uh, there are just mountains of lies being told about me, and, and uh, apparently a lot of them are are, belie are getting believed, um, accepted as truth. And there's only so much I can do about that. You know, I mean, it, it's really hard to stay out of the gossip. I mean, I get uh, strange emails constantly, and um, former friends of mine have turned on me. Um, very unsuccessful, largely untalented uh, writers who uh, just really want to see me uh, be destroyed because it's going to make them. It gives them a kind of a, a confidence, maybe some how They think that it does. Um, I've never really under, understood that. I, you know, again, when I was doing my magazine years and years ago, and, and through all of that, you know, that independent journalism work that I did, everything that came out in the book Midnight Mavericks, um, that stuff. I mean, that, that was me uh, taking from the artists that I loved, uh, you know, a lot of knowledge and, and gaining wisdom and just the, you know, the, the, the sheer um, excitement of being able to track someone down and uh, talk about a movie or a book that had uh, really changed my life and, and uh, done something really good for me. I don't know. I guess people don't usually have that response. I mean, it's, like, uh, a lot of people are terrorized by the idea of somebody who's out there just doing it. Uh, in a way that they had never imagined, or didn't have, or they don't have the uh, power or the the stamina to do. You know, if it were me, I would I would learn from that person. You know, and I would try to uh, I would try to accomplish something on my own, and um, which is what I did. And unfortunately, that you know, my relationship with my artists and the relationship of other artists uh, who had started following me, it's not the same at all. And there's no respect. You know, I mean, yeah, I'm a jerk, sure, but I mean, you know, it's like, it's not my job to be a nice guy. My job is to put out uh, good books that entertain and amuse and, you know, maybe frighten. That's what I That's what I do. And if I'm doing that, then, you know, you, I mean, come on. I mean, you catch me on a bad night and I'm going to uh, lash into you. 
And then, then there's a the thing of people intentionally winding me up. That It's well known to people that I have a short fuse, and people like to wind me up to see what will happen. Uh, it's very juvenile. It's very unfortunate. Uh, and it's something that I've lived with, you know, I think all my life. And it's gotten it's gotten very bad since the, uh, the Lisa Carver article for Vice came out. Uh, it's been, you know, it's been kind of rough. I have to, you know, and, and I've made a mistake, I think, in encouraging uh, people to, uh, to start conversations and... Uh, develop relationships with me through my writing because uh, number one I don't really have the time for everybody and number two uh, yeah I mean I'm gonna you know I'm gonna get needled a lot <laughs> I respond very poorly to that yeah I mean I can definitely see how that uh, especially that the vice article could attract some uh, interesting hangers-on that would uh, try to try to find you because oh, yeah, yeah I've had, had it all my life and and you think that if I'm gonna deal with that, then at least I could get fame out of the deal, and of course I'm still not famous, you know, infamous maybe, just enough that, you know, that uh, I get, I have this constant uh, pain in my ass, you know, and uh, I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy, I, you know, I've never done that to anybody that I've followed, any other artist, I've never, I've never been a problem, you know, for them, I've tried to be, uh, I've tried to be an asset, uh, a lot of my favorite songwriters, the, the kind of uh, musicians, for example, who don't sell a lot of records and if I do an interview with them for my little Xerox magazine 20 years ago and it, it sells them an extra 20 records well then I've done something good I've shown them my respect and I, I generally I think that they've they you know they've understood that and appreciated it you know why can't I have I mean you're you're doing that for me right now and I really really appreciate that but you know these things are far and few between um, you know um, it's 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 difficult to get an interview especially with someone like me where I'm um, I intimidate a lot of people, and you know they think that you know, and then and then there, all this animosity that's been that's risen up. I don't really act, I don't go out and uh, solicit interviews or press very often. Uh, I just I hate doing it, and it's so much of what the small press and any any subculture is is really about is uh, playing this kind of game of uh, of you know suck mine and I'll suck yours and and. Um, and I just I won't do that. I'm not part of a a literary scene. If I was a musician, I wouldn't be part of a music scene. I, I like to just be left out of that. And uh, because I mean, writers I think are just miserable people. And you get a bunch of writers together, and they're all trying to pretend that they're you know equal. They're as interested in other people's work as they are in their own, and they're all playing that game. It's they're all waiting for their turn in show and tell, basically. And you know I. I uh, I, I like a few writers that are friends of mine, uh, you know, but uh, usually the, because they're they have the same feeling that I do. They're also um, what would you call them, uh, you know, outsiders, you know. And uh, I mean, I'm not going to criticize anybody for for you know going to a poetry slam or or participating in a in a, 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 a you know kind of a writing uh, clique or a, a local scene or whatever. I, it's just not for me. And I, I know that it's hard to survive doing this when you don't want to uh, cooperate or participate or engage. But I don't. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm in. I'm in this to. I mean, I'm, my mission always was. And we've talked about this before. I know you're doing the same thing. You really uh, are are making a making this go at uh, supporting yourself based on your art, your show, and I mean, just your work in general for a long time. I know you have. And I was doing the same thing. And maybe I pushed a little too far. You know. And uh, the stress leads to the drugs and the drinking. People see you doing drugs and drinking, and they think that you're 
uh, you're doing it all at their expense, and you're uh, you know you're lying to everybody. And, and you know a lot of my hype and hyperbole and uh, or my uh, self-promotion, a lot of it's lies. Uh, obviously, did not work in my favor because people believe that, and they really believe that I'm having a great time out there, laughing all the way to the bank. You know, when I have I might have eighteen dollars in the bank, and I'm, I'm not getting enough sleep. I'm not eating right. No, I'm not having a good time. You know, but you have to you have to project that because you don't want people to see you weak. People see you weak, they're gonna they're gonna surround you like fucking wolves, and they're gonna tear your flesh off. You know, uh, and especially the kind of work that I do, that's what I attract. And it's uh, you know it's 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 gonna kill me one day, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, I've, it's. I believe that's going to kill all of us. That is the nature of the beast. Yeah, yeah. And it's a uh, fun times. We we chose a really fucking great line of work to get ourselves into. You know, just filled with you know, groups of egotists surrounding you, and then any bit of success turns into a point of contact for a leech. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, listen, Alex, the 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 webcam is draining the battery, so I have to go plug in. Can I call you back in one minute? All right, sure. Yeah, we can hit pause. Yeah. Right. Hey, look, we've got more viewers. Um, guys, uh, I guess I'll leave the camera on because apparently there's people here. Uh, hi, it's me, Alex. This is what I look like. Um, Gene has run off to plug his laptop in, um, so we will be here with me for a moment. So that's that. Um, as far as a recap, we've talked for like a few minutes. Let's check Twitter, see what everybody's saying. Well, uh, you can listen to the podcast right now. I'm already tweeting and drinking wine, staring longingly at some dogs. Aw, how cute. Well, that's what's going on to Twitter. That was at tapit underscore mass. Shout out. Brett also checking in with some favorites. At altered underscore one. At 14 writer. That's just about everybody. Terrific. Um, we can listen to it right now. I already said this. Why? Why? Who is this Harif person? Why is everything happening? Oh, obviously, I'm not very good. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Welcome back. I was just That's vamping for the audience. Oh, good. <laughs> Hope that didn't take too long. Oh no no it's fine. Uh, uh, my um, I I have nothing to follow it up to. <laughs> I forgot what we were talking about. Uh, basically talk about the the perils of uh sycophanty and you know um, people glomping oh. onto you and but I, on that note, what so you referenced uh early in the conversation that you were working on some kind of magazine currently or is that or did I misunderstand? Yeah, I mean uh, I thought that. It would be uh, it would be good for me right now to have uh, some people around me, uh, especially in the event you know of uh, in the aftermath of what's happened, where I've I've, uh, I've had so many friends turn on me, um, and and also uh, bringing back sex and guts would be um, you know there'd be a lot of, I knew there'd be a lot of laughter involved. Um, it wasn't something I'd ever intended to do, but uh, I need to kind of be able to relax. The books are draining because they uh, they're so thoroughly negative. Um, even though they are humorous books, they're uh, they're they're about uh, uh, disintegration and malaise and inertia and ennui and all this. A lot of drug problems and 
uh, just the landscape of abuse uh, that that you don't want to exist in that world longer than you have to. And I thought that um, being able to uh, collaborate with some people, something to be more social, and um, and um, just um, uh, I don't know, uh, lighthearted, I guess. <laughs> and it's 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 uh, this is a magazine that it, it's in a lot of ways connected to the original Sex and Guts in name only because that wasn't, I mean that was in a lot of ways the entertainment magazine equivalent to one of my books where this is going to be more satirical and um, I'm, uh, I'm, I think I'm going to have a much better time doing it. And uh, also the other thing is it could be done quickly and it could probably make me some money. I've been asked over the years, uh, you know, pretty, pretty consistently to do the magazine again. And uh, so why not? And uh, you know, right now everything's gone to the internet. I don't read Salon.com. I don't read. Well, I don't even know what the other websites are. I'm just not interested in it. I don't really like to do a lot of reading on the internet. So um, to put out uh, an actual print magazine uh, that has the uh, the built-in audience from before uh, that you know a lot of people recognize that name. It was one of the uh, the last real organic like Xerox uh, genre yeah, entertainment magazines. Uh, out there, and it evolved a lot from issue to issue back then. But that was a long time ago, and I don't think there's been anything comparable since. It really was its own animal. So, to you know, recreate it with a twist, you know, it's uh, it's fun. <laughs> oh, cool. So, do you have one out yet, or are you still working on? No, I haven't done a magazine since 2002. Oh, okay. Yeah. And um, this would be you know, Sex and Guts issue one, volume two. You know, the second, yeah. you know. Uh, well, I mean, each, each issue was a, a different incarnation. So in a way, it really it's just a fifth issue. It's a, a fifth in, incarnation. Uh, we have a, 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 a Fangoria writer involved. Um, I'm going to run the uh, the unedited interview I did with Jenny Wright. I think I, that was around the time I'd, I'd spoken to you the first time. Um, she's the uh, the female star of that film, Near Dark. Um, she was uh, she's really well known for being the groupie that that Bob uh, Bob Geldof attacks in Pink Floyd: The Wall. And a lot oh, of other, yeah, she's a great, great actress and just a wonderful human being. She's become a good friend of mine, so, and she's contributing work too. There's a long list. I actually, you know, I have all the contributors that I need to do a nice uh, swear-bound 100-page uh, magazine. And as far as the compiling goes, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm having uh, issues with this broken-down laptop and waiting on a new laptop to come in so I can do that. But keep in mind, I'm used to creating uh, these things from from a proper office with an office. Uh, set up, and now it's like you know working out of motel rooms and uh, you know off of laptops, which I'm really not that fond of. I like to work with a, a real solid uh, desktop uh, PC, and that I've, I left that in Jacksonville, <laughs> my my prized uh, motorcycle boots. So it's it's uh, I'm winging it and uh, I'm improvising a lot using what's what's available and. I don't know that can uh, that can make for better work because uh, you don't really have a lot of uh, a lot of the time. I mean, you know, like I said, I, I really was uh, besieged with with issues of most of them financial, and I was living on the beach. But there also was the fact that I had a kayak, and if ever things got to be too much, I could just fuck off for a few hours and go out in the kayak, or I could cook, and I could I could do all these things that I can't do now. And uh, so in a way that you know the the whole production. Uh, routine it moves along a lot faster. It's a lot more efficient, and you just don't have those outlets, you know, to shake off whatever bad energy or frustration that you're you're picking up, uh, you know, trying to do a magazine or, or write a book or whatever you're doing, you know. So, 
Yeah. yeah. The magazine will be good. It'll be good. And I think I can do it quickly. Go on. Oh, no, I was just going to say, it seems to fit the kind of the uh, staple-bound kind of punk rock aesthetic of the previous form of it. You know, you're bouncing around, living out of hotel rooms, and, you know, there's a certain kind of, I don't know, uh, poetic kind of circular nature to that. That's the digital form of the old kind of zine, you know, mid-'90s shit. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't try to recreate that. I mean, that was something that happened because you know, the, the, you know, the 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 first two issues were done um, with uh, again with whatever was available. As in, if you want to, you know, uh, allow that word, whatever whatever was around, um, you know, and I didn't have any training, and I taught myself a lot of what I learned doing magazine layout uh, DIY. Uh, those crude layouts, which I always, I mean, it's amazing how much thought you can put into a layout when, you know, you're just cutting up little Xerox photos, and, you know, I got pretty ambitious with that. If you look at them, I, I put all that stuff out as a book uh, last year, and I preserved those actual, I didn't redo the layouts, I didn't digitize everything, I mean, I just took the actual, which I still had at the time, I don't have them anymore, but the um, but the actual uh, galley sheets, paste up galley sheets, I scanned them in, and Ran it through uh, Adobe InDesign, and that was the book. And uh, but now it's, I, you know, I think it's kind of foolish to um, to fetishize that that aesthetic because uh, you know I you know right right now to me it's just about having really good content. I want it to look like a real magazine. Uh, I've learned uh, you know I've learned layout and design well enough that I could do that with the programs that I do have. But you can get all you can get all those programs for free illegally, you know. Uh, the piratebay.com. You don't have to pay three or four hundred dollars for an Adobe Suite, you know, uh, uh, package of uh, of software. You just go and get it for free, and so you know, and you can learn that stuff very quickly. What I, you know, I'm going to employ all of that, and uh, it's going to be about content. It's not. It's not an aesthetic ex exercise. I, you know, it's I, I, uh, my job is to get the best work I can out of the people who. Uh, who are interested in, in being involved with this and um, and then packaging it nicely? That's it. Yeah, I like it. When uh, when can we expect it? Any any kind of up and gas work? Hmm. Well, so much depends on the way that uh, things are progressing with uh, the legal situation here. Pre-trial mm. uh, coming up, but uh, you know, if 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 I can I can stay focused on this and. Uh, um, Hmm, what month is it? I can't even think right now. Uh, mid -November. Uh, so, okay, so um, by maybe uh, by the end of January, I guess we could have. Oh, a, cool! Huh. A couple months. Yeah. Very cool. When does uh, little, when, when does this trial thing uh, pre-trial? When's that? Oh, I don't even know. I mean, it was scheduled for next week, but uh, you know, it, right now I'm trying to uh, uh, postpone that and. Um, you know, it's just a lot of legal wrangling. It's just not, I've never been in trouble before, so uh, this is all brand new to me, and uh, I'm learning a lot as I go along. And, and you know, uh, of course, as always, the 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 uh, priority for me is getting my my uh, publications out. You, know. so, you never you never gone to trial before? No. Oh, nice. No, no, no. I mean, I had a I I, I got I got popped for. Running a red light in L.A. drunk on a 10-speed. I had to go to trial. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't trial, really. I had to go to court. You know. Yeah, but. that's pretty impressive. Nicely done. Yeah, well, I don't know if it's going to really mean much, but uh, but uh, yeah, I, I'm not the career criminal that I present to people in my books, and uh, and it was it's it's very sad that that I've I've had these friends who read the books and they're uh, they're very enamored. 
awkward and titillated. And then once I'm in real trouble, they uh, they, they want to treat me like I'm uh, I'm Ted Bundy. Uh, you know, it's interesting, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's not it's not exactly like the uh, the nature of your current issues is is terrifically different from any of the book content. So it's you know this shouldn't be shocking for the friends that take your work too literally. No, it shouldn't. That word oddly. Yeah. It really, it really shouldn't. And yeah. you know the the people that I always knew that I could really count on, they they're still there. You know, so um, when something like this happens, you do. Uh, you lose a lot of baggage, uh, and you realize at the end of the day that that's what they all, that what they were the whole, the whole time of the, of the duration of their association with you. They were baggage, um, and uh, they a lot of them were readers of mine who had gotten in touch and and uh, and trying to be nice. You know, a lot of times you you try to be nice to somebody, you don't really know who you're being nice to, uh, you don't know what liberties they're going to take with that. And a lot of times they do take really horrible liberties. Uh, midnight phone calls, and you know, you have a stalker on your hands. Or or you have somebody that's just looking for dirt because they're in touch with one of your enemies. And all this crap. Jim Goad just put out a book uh, recently called The Headache Factory. And he's and the book is about uh, exactly what, what I've, I've, I've been going on about here um, during this interview. Uh, people that, uh, that they, 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 they want you to be... Uh, some kind of superhuman thing. I mean, they're they're really uh, obsessed with you for a while, and the minute that you uh, you try to withdraw from that, I mean, you know, then their 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 adoration immediately will turn to contempt, and then uh, even um, even uh, hatred. So it's it's some if you're I mean you can't just turn that off your awareness of that or your sensitivity to that. Uh, that's just going to be part of that's part of your environment, and I'll take that as seriously as I take. Uh, a neighbor who moved in right next door to me, who is, um, you know, uh, a pervert or a thief or, you know, a drug dealer. I mean, you know, you're going to have to uh, maybe watch your things if 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 the neighborhood starts going to shit. And and on the internet, uh, the internet is a neighborhood, uh, and, and these people can, uh, if, if you don't treat them well, like they're like, you know, like um, bunny rabbits that uh, all of a sudden turn rabid, you know, and start eating your livestock. You know? <laughs> Um, and um, I, uh, I, I guess I, I've just never gotten. I should have learned by now to be more cautious around uh, people with people and who you let in, and who you don't. But I just never have. You know, I, I, I am naive, and I, I think that at that point when I start to, when I really have to screen everybody, and I have to build up this fortress where I, you know, you are putting yourself in prison. And I don't want to have to be afraid of people. Um, it's easier for me to deal with the occasional lunatic or the occasional. Uh, douchebag than it is to try to imagine everybody as a potential douchebag uh, or or, or uh, stalker asshole and um, I just it's no way to live you know you have to you know allow yourself the, the freedom you know the room to move uh, enough air to breathe and you start uh, you know uh, uh, suspecting everybody of, of being um, you know a demon then how the hell do you get any, how do you live like you can't hmm. Yeah, that's yeah, ostracizing or whatever that word is. Yeah, isolating. That was the word I wanted to say. Ostracizing. Yeah, yeah. and 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 that's a part of it too, where that's that's kind of implied. They are trying to <laughs> to influence your life one way or the other. It's like don't influence my life. If you want to be my friend, just you know be my friend. Um, you know, try to help me out, and I'll 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 give that respect back to you. Um, you know, um, I I don't really feel it. Maybe I should feel like a a sideshow attraction, but I don't. 
any more than I, uh, I feel like I, I want to be a, a ringleader or a babysitter or anything else. You know, if we're all adults, let's treat each other like adults. And, you know, ideally, you wouldn't really have any problems. But, uh, again, you know, you never really know who you're dealing with, I guess. You know, and it's important to not let that ruin your relationships with the people in your life who are good. You know, and unfortunately, I do have quite a few good people. I, if it wasn't for my friends taking care of me after I lost my home, I, what would, where would I be? I'd be in a homeless shelter, I guess, or I'd be locked up somewhere. You know, I got uh, I got ten thousand dollars bail. I've had people sheltering me, feeding me, clothing me, and encouraging me to write. You know, it's actually compared to what uh, the average person's life would be. Uh, who you know who had to deal with this this legal issue? Uh, I've had it pretty good, and there's not a day that goes by that I don't that I don't show gratitude for that. At least I try. You know, um, and my friends out there. I mean. Uh, if they're listening, I you know I love every one of you and thank you and I, I hope that uh, um, I uh, I have you at the end of the day you know still. Yeah, that's good. So are you uh, are you back in the uh, the internet world? You said you deleted all your Facebook stuff. Like are you are you re-entering? Are you? Uh, I've already re-entered. I've already. Uh, re it's funny that you know you delete a good friend in a, in, in a psychotic episode. And uh, they take it so personally that they want nothing to do with you ever again. And you tell them, "Well, I got rid of everybody." And I, I flipped out. You know, I'm really sorry. I mean, anybody that knows me knows that I'm under extreme duress. And uh, and occasionally I'm gonna, uh, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna behave irrationally. And, and I I don't expect to be forgiven for you know for that. But if you want to be realistic, and 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 that is gonna be a possibility with me from time to time, then. Then try to be tolerant, be understanding. That's a real friend, you know. Uh, you know, n no one has to put up with my shit. Um, but uh, I have friends who are also are very difficult. I put up with their shit because to me it's worth it. I mean, I don't. I'm not forced to enter a contract like that. It's something that I've chosen to do with a lot of people. And if it gets to be too much, then I can walk the fuck out. And the same goes uh, to anybody that's ever been a friend of mine. Um, and. Uh, you know, some of the some of the, the diff most difficult ones are are the ones that the, are the most giving and the and the most uh, most valuable, uh, most inspiring. And I hope I, I can be one, you know one of those exceptions to the people who uh, have dealt with my shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, you ever have have a friend who would knock on your door at four in the morning and you know phone calls or borrowing money? You wonder why do I keep this guy around? You don't have to, but you know, I'm sure you've had someone like that you've decided to keep. Because they're worth it, right? Maybe yeah. Not. Yeah. Sometimes, I mean, sometimes the effort's worth it, and then other times it's, you know, who knows? But yeah, I get what you're saying. You know, you want to be the one that is worth the effort, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, what's what's Portland like right now with, uh, you know, crazy artists, you know, excessive people that you know you, it can be a headache. And I I hope that Portland still has its share of psychos, you know. Yeah, they're still here, but not as many. You know, now it's getting very, uh, very overexpensive. It's kind of doing that thing that New York did when it started to die. You know. Yeah. Rents going up. A lot of people with rich dads are moving in. That kind of shit. But there's, there's still its fair share of weirdos. Still a lot of, a lot of uh, strange art communities still grasping on the uh, periphery of things. Well, that was one of the more recent books that I put out. It was uh, the Portland Eight Mile, uh, kind of a, a street uh, travelogue. Of uh, of the city back in 2002, and I think I captured something of what that city was. I'm not really. I was there a few years ago. I couldn't really. I didn't notice how it had changed much. It might the circumstances of 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 my being there a few years ago were so different. Uh, you know, I just I couldn't really compare the two. You know, the 2002 Portland and the 2012 Portland. 
but uh, it's a city I'm I'm really fond of. You know, if you don't have the Portland book, I'll send you one. Just remind me to get a copy in the in the mail to you. I can sh I can ship it out for just a few dollars. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's a great town to be in. I uh, I wouldn't mind living there. The the dampness and the rain are a problem, but uh, it's a uh, it's a beautiful town. It's a it's a very horny town. You get laid a lot in Portland, don't you? Yeah, I mean you can. You know, it's yeah. it's just like any other town, I suppose. I mean, there's a big uh, big uh, sex industry, I guess you'd say. Lots of strip clubs, lots of uh, that sort of thing. Yeah, well, more strip clubs per capita than any other city in, in at least in the United States. That's what I've been told. I don't know. Maybe that's not. Do you st you still have uh, what's that great strip club there called? It's um, not too far from the Greyhound station. Um, God damn it! Uh, like the really old one in the middle of downtown, Mary's. Yeah. What Mary's? Mary's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mary's is like the famous one. I think uh, like Courtney Love used to strip there, or somebody famous. Like it was like yeah, it's been yeah. you know the institution. Yeah, it's still there. I mean, I'm not much of a strip club kind of guy, but yeah, it's yeah, it's it's a popular thing around here. I'm not a strip club either uh, guy either, but I um, I'm not a strip club. Uh, maybe I'm getting a little drunk. Uh, Mary's is uh, the only strip club I think I've ever been to that I really like, just because it's just—it's not a regular club. First of all, they're completely naked, which you don't find too often anymore. And uh, there's a laid-back atmosphere. I mean, and you don't get hustled, you don't get hassled in there. It's not like uh, Cheetahs or Jumbo's Clown Room in L.A. or a lot of you know, uh, you know. It's uh, uh, to me, it really is like the heart of Portland. But you know, maybe that's me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think some people that live here would probably agree that is that is one of the holdouts of the old variety of the city. Yeah. Before it started to get a little uh, uber white. Yeah. Yeah. What's with Voodoo? I don't. They, I know they didn't have Voodoo Donuts when I was there in 2002, but when I came back, they did, and there were lines around the block. I mean, what the fuck is up with that? It's tourist shit. It's just shitty donuts. Yeah. I mean, it didn't, yeah. I mean, how good can a donut really be? I'd never stand in line for a fucking donut. Yeah, I mean, and the thing about them is that they're not very good at all. Like the, it's their gimmick is they put stupid shit on them, like uh, I don't know, Cheerios or something. Like they just throw <laughs> breakfast cereals and random shit on top of it, and the tourists go fucking nuts. Yeah. So what are you working on these days? How's uh, I know you, I, you, I thought you were working on a new book. Yeah, yeah, I'm uh, thirty thousand words in, I guess, something like that. Uh huh. Yeah. I mean, well, I, yeah, just plugging away on that, and then doing the podcast and working the fucking shitty day, day job. So, what kind of guests are you getting these days? Uh, whatever the hell shows up. Last last guest I had on was a dude that does like uh, energy work, you know, like Qigong and you know Reiki and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and then you know my idiot friends making dick jokes. <laughs> you know, it's 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 the hodgepodge. You know, it's whatever the whatever shows up that given week. So it's completely schizophrenic. No way to ever gain an audience because every episode's different from the last one. That's the way I like it. Are you frozen? No, oh, um, maybe. Am I back? Lapses. Well, I really hope that I could uh, I, I can make up to Portland again the next few years and uh, do uh, an in person. Uh, appearance that would be uh that'd be wonderful. I uh, yeah yeah you're the you're the only podcast that I do. <laughs> and maybe you're the only one that'll have me. I don't know, but um, well, I'm, I'm sure you got, I'm sure you can get on other ones if you if you put uh, put a little bit of uh, elbow grease behind it. <laughs> it's, good, it's good to see you again, man. Really, and yeah, indeed. Well, what uh, how can people find you uh, on the internet? What's your what's your website? Give give them some details. Let's uh, we've gone for a while. Let's wrap this up. How do how do they get you? Monastrobooks.com is the website. 
and um, then there's you just look up my name on Amazon and everything is listed up there. So here are the two channels. Um, you know, I, I think there's I, I list things on eBay. All my books are available on eBay, but I think, and I don't know this for a fact, but I'm I just have this feeling that Create Space might be selling me out the back door through uh, pirated. Uh, I mean, not really pirated, but you know, legally would have to be looked at that uh, as as pirating because I'm not getting a cut. Uh, they list these things on eBay, and like, wait a minute. I mean, are they are the people buying these books uh, from from my printer? And then you know, at a, a, I don't know. They, they, I don't think they do a bulk right except for me, right? I mean, I get them at cost more or less. Um, but they they wind up on eBay. They're not even like they're, they're maybe a dollar or two discounted, and I know I'm not seeing that profit. So I, I just wonder how that's even legal. I mean, you know, you're dealing with a corporate entity like Amazon, and 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 uh, you don't really have any recourse if they want to screw you. You don't really have a recourse as a writer uh, uh, when anybody wants to screw you, unless you're uh, unless you're you're moving a thousand units or no ten thousand or a hundred thousand units. Then you can hire an attorney. Then you can have uh, you know, books checked. You can audit. You know, uh, various uh, people, that distributors. But if you're not, if you're not, if you're not um, capable of that kind of volume, you're kind of uh, you're on your own. And if somebody wants to fuck you, they're, they're going to fuck you. And then yeah. that's just it. You know. All right. Well, on that note, everybody out there, when you buy his books, go to Amazon or uh, Montrezl directly. Um, Montre. How do you say it? Monastrel. Monastrel. It's I knew I was Spanish, saying that wrong. It's a Spanish grape. I, I know you don't drink a lot, but if you ever do uh, find yourself in a wine store with any need to pick up a bottle of wine, uh, Monastrel from, from Spain, you can get most of those bottles. Different uh, uh, makers of Monastrel are pretty much all under $15. And if you want to go over that, there's a, one of like, the best bottle of wine I've ever had, the Juan Gil Monastrel, I think, is $16.99. But uh, I recommend that. It's not a very popular grape, but... If you like a really heavy, intense, dark, you know, dry red wine, then that's that's the one to go with. It <laughs> <laughs> sounds good. Wide recommendations from Gene. I like it. <laughs> Trader Joe's. Trader Joe's does a great one for six dollars. Um, so uh, you know, know 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 how to shop, and uh, and if you uh, uh, want to take a chance on a, a different grape, you get sick of your usual Cabernet or Malbec or uh, or Carmenere, then. Uh, Give Monastrel a shot, and also the Tempranillos and Grenaches uh, from Spain. You know, I, my my favorite wine in the world, Spanish wine. And if I can't get Spanish, I'll go to South America for a, a good bargain. But um, California wine, I don't touch. It's overpriced crap. You know? Yeah, I uh, I it, it's box wine. I think it's the last time I've had wine, so I have no fucking idea. <laughs> Oh, they're doing some great stuff in boxes. No, not the shit I get. No, <laughs> no, this is this is fucking. You're not drinking convenience store, no. fucking whatever the cheapest one is. You know, when I'm drinking wine, it's I'm I'm at the last of the paycheck. Yeah, I know the boxes you're talking about. The name doesn't yeah. ring a bell. Fortunately, because I haven't had it in so long, it's really bad. They they have it everywhere. Um, but that you know, there's uh, like you know, the screw top has come back, and it's actually usually a sign of quality. Believe it or not, uh, the box wines like Boda Box, and there's just so many of them. And uh, they actually have a monastery. The, the first ever boxed monastery came out a few years ago, and uh, it's a very convenient format. You know, I was actually thinking about picking up a box tonight. But the problem with the box is it's uh, it's uh, uh, what is it? Uh, equivalent? It's three? No, three liters. Yeah, that's that's equivalent to four bottles. And yeah. you get, I, I get a box of wine, four bottles worth of wine. I mean, that's not good because you know I'm going to drink the whole fucking thing, and you know, 
four bottles of wine, even with my tolerance, that'll lead to nakedness and hang out of a fucking window or God knows what else. I try to avoid that kind of thing, you know, especially yeah. now. <laughs> especially right now, yeah. Well, all right, everybody at home, go get some Monastero in a box. Go to uh, Monastero.com. Monastero in a box is made by Y and B. Y and B. Look them up on the internet. Y plus sign B. They won't answer my fan mail. They won't send me any free wine or whatever. They don't give a shit that I name my publishing imprint after their 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 wine or after you know their uh, their the varietal that they've chosen to make that breakthrough with in the box format. But I'll still plug them. Um, not only is it in a box, but it's actually a really 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 good monastrel. And um, I think it's like nine dollars for a liter. So yeah, that's that's that would be my top recommendation for monastrel. You can find Y and B. And if you can't find Y and B. Get the one, the one shield for sixteen ninety nine. Yeah, I love it. And then uh, if you don't go there, go to Amazon. Uh, Gene Gregoritz, um, get his books, follow his stuff. Wish him good luck on the upcoming legal things. Support him. Do all that kind of stuff. Um, what else do you want to tell him? No, oh, I won't tell him anything. I won't tell you. Uh, I love you, Alex, but it, it's Gregoritz. God damn it! What did I say? <laughs> No, sorry. You said you said Gregoritz, but it's fine. God it's fine. fucking damn it! I was, oh, I was sitting there panicking over it too. Like, oh, oh, all right, whatever. Oh, I'll, I'll get it wrong next time too. Ah, now I'm now I'm ruined. Now you said now I said it so many times different ways that I'm fucked. It's never happening. You're fine. And this was nice because I was I'm, I'm I'm fairly sober. I'm tired. The thing is, you know, people are like sitting there going, uh, uh. I mean, like, uh, what did I use the word situation about fifty fucking thousand times? <laughs> no, I'm I'm not really uh, drunk. I'm, I woke up at uh, five o'clock this morning, and you know, uh, phone calls to lawyers, and then trying to get submissions out of people. I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm gonna go to bed. Yeah, well, but I, it was a very nice interview. And thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Good to have you on again, and. Thank you for coming, and good luck in the in the coming weeks. And I will uh, I'll be keeping an eye on you. I'll keep an eye on you too. Be good. All right. Yeah. Have a good one. Good night.